Hi everyone, welcome to SAMA. SAMA stands for Spooky Ask Me Anything, where we have an expert to explain about the area of expertise. Uh, this week we have Frank Carey to talk about colloidal solver. Irishman Frank Carey is one of the few people on earth who can fall asleep down in the depths of the ocean wearing a diving suit. But his dr driving passion has always been health and natural healing. Frank has formally studied kinesiology and other healing modalities and is an expert in many esoteric forms of energy medicine. He has been brewing colloidal silver for 30 years. In this webinar, he will talk about its history and health, its power to heal, and its optimum applications and dosages for various conditions. Frank has witnessed many people brought back from the edge of illness by his silver treasures, and he will share some of their stories with us today. If you have any questions about colloidal silver and its uses, please feel free to contact Frank directly. His email is frankcarry1 at gmail.com. So, what is colloidal silver? Colloidal silver is a pure, all-natural substance consisting of sub-microscopic clusters of silver held in suspension of pure ionized water by a tiny electrical charge placed on each particle. For thousands of years, silver has been used as a healing and antibacterial agent by civilizations throughout the world. Its medical, preservative and restorative powers can be traced as far back as the ancient Greek and Roman empires. Long before the development of modern pharmaceuticals, silver was employed as a germicide and antibiotic. So why did we stop using colloidal silver? Well, during the 1930s, synthetically manufactured drugs began to make their appearance, and the profits, together with the simplicity of manufacturing this new source of treatment, became a powerful force in the marketplace. There was much excitement over the new wonder drugs, and at that time, no antibiotic-resistant strains of disease organisms had surfaced. Silver quickly lost its status to modern antibiotics. So let's take a look at the history of colloidal silver. The Greeks used silver vessels to keep water and other liquids fresh. The writings of Herodotus, the Greek philosopher and historian, uh, date the use of silver to before the birth of Christ. The Roman Empire stored wine in silver urns to prevent spoilage. The use of silver in the um, Middle Ages protected the wealthy from the full brunt of the plague. Before the advent of modern germicides and antibiotics, it was known that disease-causing pathogens could not survive in the presence of silver. Consequently, silver was used in dishware, drinking vessels, and eating utensils. In particular, the wealthy stored and ate their food from silver vessels to keep bacteria from growing. The Chinese emperors and their courts ate with silver chopsticks. The Druids have left evidence of their use of silver. Even settlers in the Australian outback suspended silverware in their tank, uh, water tanks to retard spoilage.
I believe they're still, still doing this. Uh, pioneers trekking across the American West found that if they placed silver or copper coins in their casks of drinking water, it kept the water safe from bacteria and algae. All along the frontier, silver dollars were put in milk to keep it fresh. Some of us remember our grandparents doing the same thing. Silver leaf was used to combat infection and wounds sustained by troops during World War I. And prior to the introduction of antibiotics, colloidal silver was used widely in hospitals and has been known as an anterior side for at least 1,200 years. In the early 1800s, doctors used silver sutures in surgical wounds and very successful results. According to experts, no microorganism ever tested has been able to stay alive for more than six minutes when exposed directly to colloidal silver. It's remarkable, something that was commonplace many, many years ago, um, got lost and is now, becoming, uh, is now having a resurgence. Science Digest cites colloidal silver as a wonder of modern medicine. <laughs> it's not modern medicine, it's, it goes back thousands of years, but there we go. And further states, antibiotics kill perhaps a half dozen different disease organisms, but silver kills some 650. Resistant strains fail to develop. Moreover, silver is virtually non-toxic. Colloidal silver uses an antimicrobial our agent will not create superbugs as antibiotics do. So how does colloidal silver actually work? According to a report written by Richard Davies and Samuel Etris of the Silver Institute in a 1996 report, there are three primary ways that colloidal silver can help the body. The first is catalytic oxidization. Silver naturally holds onto oxygen molecules which readily react with these sulfhydryl groups that surround bacterial and viruses. In turn, this helps block the life-preserving cellular processes known as cellular respiration. Respiration is breathing, which is defined as the set of metabolic reactions and processes that take place in the cells of microorganisms to convert biochemical energy from nutrients into ATP and then release waste products. Uh, also, there's the reaction with the bacterial cell membranes. Silver ions can attach to bacterial cell membranes directly and produce the same respiration blocking effect. And it's hard to keep alive without oxygen. Silver can also bind directly with DNA. According to one source, uh, while it remains unclear exactly how the silver binds to the DNA without destroying the hydrogen bonds holding the lattice together, it nevertheless prevents the DNA from unwinding, an essential step for cellular replication to occur. Um, the top eight proven colloidal silver benefits, it's a strong antibacterial, as we've mentioned just a little while before. Colloidosol's ability to control antibiotic-resistant superbugs is astonishing. While employed at UCLA Medical School in the 1980s, Larry C. Ford, MD, documented over 650 different disease-causing pathogens that were destroyed within minutes when exposed to small amounts of silver.
bacteria cannot become resistant to colloidal silver as they can with antibiotics. More than 2 million people in the USA suffer illnesses every year as a result of antibiotic-resistant infections, and unfortunately 23,000 people die from these infections. It's sad when there's an answer and the answer is so cheap. Uh, wound care and skin health. In a 2012 research article, it was specifically recommended that certain colloidal silver preparations should be considered for topical use for, to treat burns, thrush, periodontitis and other conditions. It is a potent antifungal uh, anti and can eliminate ringworm. Colloidosilver also benefits many skin conditions such as psoriasis and eczema. It's soothing to scrapes and even repairs tissue damaged from burns. Uh, eye and ear infections. Pink eye is an inflamed mucous membrane that covers the eyeball in eyelid lining. It's primarily caused by bacterial or fungal infection. Colloidal silver can be used for prompt action against this irritating and highly infectious bacteria and virus condition. When applied on the infected eye, the silver colloids pick up the infected cells by attracting them electromagnetically and sending them into the bloodstream to be eliminated. Our modern prescription and antibiotic drugs are designed to work against specific classes of bacteria, but ear infections may be caused by multiple classes of bacteria or can even be fungal. And of course, antibiotics, they're tailored for a specific bacteria, and so they will be useless in these conditions. Our modern prescription antibiotic drugs are designed to work against a particular microorganism. And if you've got an infection which you're not sure what the source bacteria is, um, then you've got to turn to something like colloidal silver. Antiviral. Colloidal silver benefits can be experienced as an antiviral for HIV, AIDS, pneumonia, herpes, shingles, and warts. Dr. Martin Hum from the Institute for Optimum Nutrition lists colloidal silver as one of the natural remedies to stop viruses fast. Colloidal silver suffocates the virus and can even reduce the activity of the HIV virus in AIDS patients. There are also numerous anecdotal accounts of colloidal silver's efficiency against the hepatitis C virus, which of course everyone knows is quite difficult to kill. As an anti-inflammatory, colloidal silver it's also a fantastic anti-inflammatory remedy. As a case in point, researchers at the National Institutes of Health studied the effects of inflammation after being treated by colloidal silver. They found that the inflamed skin of pigs treated with colloidal silver experienced near normal skin after 72 hours, whilst other treatment groups not treated with silver remained inflamed. Sinus infections. Widely used to control sinus infections, colloidal silver can be used as a nasal spray, according to a study published by the International Forum for Allergy and Rhinology. Research indicates that hidden infections by pathogens could be a cause of respiratory inflammation associated with common allergies and asthma. Colloidal silver destroys 
Pseudomonas orgerionosa infections, which may be a reason why airborne allergy sufferers often find such a dramatic relief from chlorosorva. Cold and flu. Some claim that chlorosorva helps prevent all types of flu, including swine flu, as well as the common cold. Few studies have been done to prove this clinically, but in 2011, the NIH took 11, uh, 100 children under the age of 12, suffering from the common cold and nasal congestion, and assigned them into two groups. The first group was treated with a solution of chlorosilver and beta-glucan, and the second group with saline solution, which is salt and water. Even though both groups benefited from the treatment, 90% of the children in the chlorosilver group recovered significantly faster than the control group. Pneumonia. Our modern drugs have become limited in their efficacy when it comes to fighting bronchitis or pneumonia. Typically, antibiotics are administered as the first line of defense, but when the pneumonia is viral, antibiotics won't help in the slightest. The nice thing about chlorosilver is that it can help regardless of the pathogen. Chlorosilver is a remarkable product to help fight against bronchitis and pneumonia when ingested internally, but you can simply breathe it into your lungs. This way the silver directly contacts the germs residing in your lungs, which are causing bronchitis or pneumonia. It's basically the same thing as using respiration support, and it works speedily, clearing it up within a couple of days. It's also easy to do because you have a little carry bottle with the solution of chlorosilver inside. You spray it and you inhale deeply and it goes directly into your lungs. You can use a nebulizer if you like, but many people don't have one. Um, if you do use a nebulizer or the spray, uh, generally a teaspoon approximately three times a day for 15 minutes of insulation will suffice. Now we'll go through some of the little known uses of chlorosilver now. You can add it to your pet's drinking water to deworm your pet naturally without poisons. You can add a little bit to your milk and to your cream, and this will extend the shelf life of your dairy products. You can soak meats in fresh foods to kill E. coli and salmonella, which is the, uh, the two major sources of food poisoning. It kills mold, so you can kill everything in your kitchen, in your bathroom, your shower. Um, you can, cover, you can spray the mold directly and the mold will die. Um, you can carry a small spray bottle with you. And you can spray doorknobs or handrails if you're concerned about germs on your hands. Perhaps your immune system is compromised and so you don't want to burden your body with extra pathogens. You can add some chlorosilver to your laundry to kill the mold and fungus. It makes your clothes smell fresher. You can, this is my, one of my favorite ones, you can add it to the steam uh, the water in your uh, steam iron, and you can turn the iron to high and steam your mattress. That will directly kill the bed mites in your mattress. And um, yeah, that's clever. You can soak your you can soak your toothbrush to keep it bacteria free and keep it fresh. Um, if you are unfortunate enough to cut yourself or, or give yourself a burn, you can spray the chlorosilver or pour it directly onto the wound, and your wound will heal. Uh, significantly faster. You can reduce the poisonous chlorine in your um, in your pool or your hot tub with chlorosilver. It'll have the same effect of killing the germs but without the poisons.
You can add it to the food and water feeders for birds, bats, and bees, the three bees. <laughs> uh, and of course, horses, cows, and goats, sheep, pigs, and chickens will also benefit if you add chloride silver to their drinking vessels, and you'll save a lot on your vet bills. Um, a lot of burn units, hospitals, ambulances, paediatrics, and the military are now all using silver. The silver is being rediscovered. Um, they're talking about it being, being a new revolution, revelation. But no, silver's been around for a long time, you know, Roman times and possibly much earlier. And so it's a case of rediscovering something that was known long ago. If you soak your socks in colloidal silver and then hang them to dry, residue silver will be left in the socks. And you'll find that the socks aren't quite so, how shall we put it? Um, uh, uh, there's no other word. Aren't so pungent after a hard day. Um, the colloidal silver will actually kill the um, any fungus or bacteria that's being put into the sock. And so you... Um, you won't lose your friends at the end of the day. Um, other uses, um, you can use it for gardening. We can spray it directly onto the foliage of the plants, or you can water it directly into the soil. The plants will take up the silver, and it's a good way of getting silver into your diet. If the plant is an is a edible product like a cabbage or a lettuce. Um, so over now to Frank Harry, and he's going to talk more about his personal experiences with Claude Silver. Okay, over to you, Frank. Now you can um, easily get books off the internet and elsewhere teaching you the nuts and bolts of making Claude Silver. But you're a man that's actually done it, and you've done it for such a long time that you could probably do, probably do it in your sleep. So um, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you very much, John, and hello, everybody. My name is Frank Carey, as John just said. Um, I did start making colloidal silver back in the early 1990s. Uh, I came across it in a magazine, and uh, I wanted to know more about it. In those days, it was very difficult to get online um, to study. There was just computer, computers, if you wanted to get at them, were uh, in libraries or um, similar places like uh, internet cafes and whatnot in those days. But um, I uh, I read a book by, I think his name was Keith Courtney. He was the one that named colloidal silver the universal germicide. Uh, I've since lent that book to somebody and I don't know who it was. And that was me, that it. was me. <laughs> Now, it's, it's yes, marvellous. Now, the Romans used silver for their drinking vessels, didn't they? They did indeed. And uh, the, the elite or the royalty in those days used uh, the silver containers to drink their water, to store their water, and uh, they found it was very beneficial. Um, the um, the cow cowboys in the old American West they used to put silver dollars into their milk churns and when they carried their milk around and it seemed to preserve it for longer. Actually, it did preserve it for longer. Um, uh, there are many. There was many uses for silver back in the old days. Uh, uh, the, uh, the advent of antibiotics, the discovery of antibiotics uh, really became an earnest and the early 1940s with penicillin 
and uh, that's when the the uh, pharmaceutical companies uh, sort of poo-pooed the um, the uses of silver in favour of antibiotics. And since then, uh, it's been taken over by the pharmaceutical companies. So, but it's a shame because making a lot of silver is um, so cheap to do. Yes. Yes, uh, silver is much cheaper and uh, it's natural and it's one of the natural minerals that we are made from. Um, we don't get uh, enough silver in our food. Uh, it used to be in the soil. Um, it's, uh, it's been depleted through hundreds of years of farming and uh, we don't get it uh, in our vegetables anymore. Um, well, agriculture, when they're, it's turning soil into factories, isn't it? Producing, producing, and not putting, not returning anything back into the soil. So the well, yes, science tells us we only need to put three nutrients on the soil: that's mm. nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And well, that makes our vegetables grow, look good, and I suppose plenty of produce per acre. But uh, we're we need at least ninety different nutrients every day and I'm, I know I'm just going off the silver for a moment but um, we're made from every human being is made from 84 different minerals and uh, we're not putting those minerals back no so that's our sicker as a human race and that's why a lot of the, these diseases are taking taking over I mean uh, people people nowadays everybody knows someone who's either got cancer or has had cancer. Um, uh, the, and a lot of diseases, mineral deficiency diseases, are called metabolic diseases. And as I say, they, they're a result of the minerals being missing from our foods. And we should supplement with minerals, specifically silver, because uh, it's, um, it's part of our makeup and uh, it kills a lot of known germs. Yes. Um, bacterias. Uh, even in hospitals now, we've got uh, all of these hospital bugs: the Staphylococcus, the MRSA. The um, there's loads of those little hospital bugs that silver could easily eradicate. That's right. That's right. They, I read somewhere, Frank, where they replace these banisters in the hospital with, well, they put a copper coat on them. And they did a test before and after, and they found that the bacteria was non-existent once they had done this. Yes. Well, copper copper does do similar things to the silver, but copper can go toxic if you take too much. Okay. I mean, it's very hard to take too much silver. Uh, and I did, I'll admit, suffer, um, uh, what would they call it, a malady caused by silver called argyria. That's where, when in, back in the old days, the silver I was making, the particles weren't as small as the ones I'm able to make now. And uh, they were, your body will store the silver, and it generally stores it in your skin. And that's why you see some people who have taken too much get a, a grey tint or even a blue tint to the skin. Is that a permanent condition? Well... Yes, we're to, we're 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 told we're told that it's permanent, but uh, I have found a way through a gentleman uh, called Jim Humble. 
if you've yes. never heard of him. Yes. He's, uh, he introduced me to a substance called MMS, Master Mineral Solution. And I was able to use that to uh, take a lot of the tint out of my skin. Some years back, I, I met Jim and I went over to study under him and I became part of his team. And that's one of the other things I do. So um, that's quite an interesting, um, quite interesting little fact. I mean, that's a, a fear that some people have because they read all these horror stories and they say it's permanent. And so there's something they can do about it if they do. But I've also read, Frank, that the people that did turn grey, they took massive, massive amounts of silver that wasn't actually even colloidal. It was almost like that's a... Yeah. Yes, that's true. The particles were much bigger. And as I said, that did happen to me, but uh, it's only every now and again when I'm very tired, the grey hue might come out a little bit in my skin. But uh, it's an ongoing thing, and I, I will have hopefully got rid of it within the year. Isn't it wonderful? It is, it is. But that's it, MMS, MMS does take it out. When we were talking just a little bit earlier about the three... Um, things that people return to the soil um, and there's more than three things our body needs for nutrients. Um, I was just wondering, you know, like how many vegetables the supermarkets have, you bite into them, they look red, they look fantastic, you know, like a red, beautiful red tomato, for example, not yes. <laughs> and then you bite into it and all you can taste is water, it's just got no flavour to it. Would that be the missing minerals, you think, Frank? Exactly, that's what it is, John, the missing minerals. Mm. There was a Dr. Linus Pauling. Yes. He won two medical prizes uh, back in the, the 50s. The second one he won was for a book he wrote on minerals. Yes. And uh, I'll just quote you one of his statements in the book that has been banned. Yes. Uh, but I, I, and I read it in Sydney University. Yes. Uh, the, the statement goes, Almost every disease known to humankind has its basis in a mineral deficiency. Every human being needs at least 90 nutrients every day. That yes. would consist of 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 essential amino acids, and 3 essential fatty acids. Should every human being have those to their daily requirement, this planet would not know what disease is. Wow. Because, human, because human DNA has within it the plans or the blueprints to repair internally and externally if given the right building blocks. Yes. And that, that was the statement that uh, set me on the path, uh, trying to heal people. And not very many back in those days would listen to you that uh, a lot of the metabolic diseases they had were the result of a mineral deficiency. And uh, there was another gentleman I used to listen to a lot was Dr. Joel Wallach. He, he went on a, he was, uh, uh, a mineral doctor, they called him. He started off being a vet. He was brought up on a farm, and he uh, uh, he advocated uh, that animals were given minerals to um, counteract uh, lots of maladies. Yes. And uh, I, I learned a lot from that man. And his first lecture tour in the United States was called "Dead Doctors Don't Lie." So he. Um, he used to collect uh, obituaries from dead doctors. That was his hobby. He said there was that many of them. Doctors, uh, on average, um, uh, died at the age of, I think, was 57 at the time. Oh, dear. Whereas 
whereas the, your normal couch potato lasted for 74 to 77 years. Yes, yes. But yes, I, I was, um, I learned a lot about mineral deficiencies and uh, the different maladies that they cause. Uh, like uh, one of the, if, if anyone has ever experienced an eye twitch that you can see from inside your eye, but people don't notice, it's just a very light twitch. Well, that, that's body language, that's your body telling you you're suffering from a, a calcium deficiency. If you get cramps in the legs at night time, it's a magnesium deficiency. You know, various things like that. Uh, if, you, if your taste and your smell suffer, you have a, a zinc deficiency. There are, there are many, but it's, it's all documented and uh, um, all you have to do is Google uh, dead doctors don't lie and you'll come up with Dr. Joel Wallach. He's a wonderful man to listen to. Uh, I'd recommend people do listen to him because he will tell you a lot of the, a lot of easy ways of fixing different problems. Yes. But, uh, the, uh, back to the colloidal silver. Um, I, I met and, uh, and bought equipment off a man called uh, Dr. Bruce Marks. In, in, he lives in San Antonio in Texas. And it was his equipment that I started making uh, top quality colloidal silver with. Um, uh, to make it in that, in that system that I got from him, uh, you can make uh, three and a half liters in eight minutes once you've got all of the equipment set up. Um, well, let me see, there's questions coming in here. Yeah, lots of questions. We've had two from yeah. Hans Lins. Hi Hans, you're, you're our first question answer uh, question um, for today. And um, Hans is asking um, really how much can you drink of your colloidal silver? Do you want to answer these questions now or after? Yes, yes, uh, yes, that would be, how much can you drink per day? Well, you only, if you've got a good quality colloidal silver, you only need, uh, if there's something wrong, you only need to um, take a half an ounce to start with. If there is a cold or a flu or uh, a virus and viral infection, or uh, um, I've given um, one teaspoon to young teenagers in their early teens uh, who've had uh, tonsillitis and colds and flus, one teaspoon per day till the uh, condition disappears. Okay. And then you can stop taking it. You, there's, there's no need to... You can take a maintenance dose, but uh, I don't think there's any need. Mm. When you feel something, just take a couple of teaspoons and, and, what, and that's it. Um, Anne has asked a question, Anne Gallagher. Yes. Um, Anne is um, talking, I think that's what we were talking about before with the MMS. She's got an unwanted blue tinge on, on her skin. And she's asking, um, what is the name of the de-bluing mix? And uh, what does it contain? Um, I, I guess she's wanting to use this. So, um, if you can tell the viewers, please, more about this. Oh yes, um, the substance is called MMS. It was brought to the world's attention by a man called Jim Humble, uh, who heads up a denominational free church called the Genesis Two Church of Health and Healing. Uh, MMS itself is made from sodium chloride, that's I-T-E at the end. Uh, it's made from salt, and by taking salt through a process of mixing it with 
different natural acids. I think hydrogen peroxide would be one that people would know. You come up with a substance called sodium chloride, that's NaClO2. Now the chemical equivalent, which is a petrochemical and made from oil, is sodium chloride, I-D-E at the end, and that's NaCl, not O2. Uh, that's the difference. But when they're diluted, they both become chlorine dioxide. Um, now, this chlorine dioxide is at a 28% solution, and uh, you mix it with uh, a citric acid that's made from limes and lemons that is organic and GMO free. Uh, you mix equal amounts of both of those together, and the uh, chemical reaction which takes place between 20 seconds and 30 seconds uh, creates an ion that has three molecules. Two of those molecules are oxygen, one chlorine. That'll be the chlorine that you would or you can or you can rub it into the skin. Um, when ingested, it will your DNA will direct it to uh, anything that should not be in the body to be taken out. Uh, it will donate one oxygen molecule to that substance. It will oxidize it. Your your DNA, your immune system will recognize it and then can uh, eliminate it from the body. And uh, what's left is one oxygen molecule, one chlorine, which is back to table salt again. Right, so it so doesn't I'm sound as bad as what um, what we're told. <laughs> yeah. The, the, well, the, uh, it's, um, it's a danger to the pharmaceutical companies because uh, this substance eliminates a lot of their their drugs, and it's a natural process. Uh, I dare not say too much about that. No, well, it's 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 like colloidal silver, I suppose. It's a very cheap way of returning health, and I guess it's frowned upon by several people yes. for that very reason. And back to colloidal silver, um, yes. David Burke is asking about the water that one must choose for. Oh uh, yes, hello, David. Um, yes, the water, well, it must be pure. It must be analysis free, meaning uh, no dissolved solids. And if you have a, a TDS meter, which is a total dissolved solids meter, uh, it, uh, it will give you a reading in parts per million and it should read zero, zero, zero. Uh, the best type of water is um, uh, distilled water. I use, do you believe I use triple distilled? Uh, water. It's um, it's got no nothing in it, and it's uh, it's a thirsty water. When you put the silver into it and uh, turn these electrodes on, um, my the, the system I use now is much different to uh, the um, spooky method. Mm -hmm. uh, I have I have nine different electrodes in the system I use. I um, I use the triple distilled water, and I bring it to five parts per million. I also bring the water to a 25 degrees centigrade and once I've reached that I put the, the rods in and uh, let it sit for eight minutes and that gives me between 10 and 12 parts per million of colloidal silver. Now um, parts per million in silver between two and five parts per million, it, that in itself is very effective. So the, the silver that I've been making is double that, and um, it works like magic. 
is what it's like magic. Wonderful. And many people seem to think that higher parts per million is better. Is there truth in that, Frank? Well, there, there, there is truth in it. If there's, oh, if there's high, if you've got a bad bacteria, like uh, one of the hospital bugs, like MRSA, for instance, you can use a, a higher parts per million colloidal silver. But yes. uh, the, the, the 10 to 12 parts per million that I make works, and it has worked for everything we've tried it on. Absolutely everything. It just might take a little longer. It might take uh, a few days to maybe a week and then 10 days to two weeks to get rid of an MRSA. Wow. Right. And and she passed a comment that she found um, colloidal silver great. And she says it stopped her reliance on antibiotics, which is good to hear. Well, well it, it does. It, um, it's written about in many um publications that uh, colloidal silver uh, does not it does not uh, or sorry bacteria cannot become immune to them yes. because it's an process and it, uh, each antibiotic at best can kill maybe six bacteria but it also kills the friendly flora in your body as well which in itself then can cause another malady like uh, candida albicans. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it allows the candida to um, uh, proliferate in the body. If all of the other uh, gut flora around it are dead, um, the candida then can, it, candida is a bacteria in the gut, mm. but it can bore, when it's, uh, when it's left alone, it can bore through the gut wall and an amazing thing happens when it uh, reaches the, the blood. Um, it turns from a bacteria to a fungus, and it develops an exoskeleton. So and it, uh, that's where thrush, candida, and all of those maladies come from. And uh, it, can, it can be caused by um, taking antibiotics. Okay. okay, but you're saying that colloidal silver can also, has got a broad spectrum effect similar to this. It has, yes. Yes, so what, well, colloidal, yeah, there's about 360 different bacterias and viruses and fungi that uh, that have been written about that colloidal silver can eliminate in the body. It acts as a catalyst and it, it's, it's not a, one particle of silver just won't kill one um, bacteria. It'll carry on and as the bacteria, viruses, fungi are attracted to it mm. because it has a charge, it eliminates them as they come close to it. Okay. And it has a, it has a, sorry, it has a, a half-life of approximately 72 hours in the body, and then it starts to oxidize, and wow. then it's eliminated by the, uh, the kidneys. So how, if you are taking colloidal silver, is it wise to supplement your body in other ways to prevent the good bacteria from being eliminated from your gut? Oh yes, um, as your yes, uh, probiotics, um, the, the best and uh, cheapest and easiest way is for people to make their own through fermented vegetables. Uh, one is uh, sauerkraut. The Germans like their sauerkraut. That uh, <laughs> that will replace the uh, the uh, the good bacteria in your gut. Mm -hmm. That's great. You can, you can go to a health food shop and get. Uh, 
probiotic supplements. Yes, yes. Uh, Bev Wright um, asked the question, um, which is pertinent to what we're talking about now. Um, when I take silver a couple of hours later, I get lower stomach cramps. And she's asking any idea why this is or what I can do to stop it. It, it may be perhaps because of the antibacterial effect of the, um, of the colloidal sulfur? Um, Possibly, yes. Yes, it's killing a lot of them. Mm. And maybe that's the, Yeah, I've never heard that one. Yeah. Okay, so Bev, um, perhaps if you have some yogurt, some live probiotic yogurt, and as um, Frank suggested, some sauerkraut or other fermented food, uh, they could repopulate yes. your gut with the friendly bacteria. Then, yes. Hans Lenz has asked a question. Um, is it only to react with the immune system, or does it also heal sicknesses? Well, sicknesses in uh, well, if the sicknesses are caused by monocellular organisms, they are one-celled organisms like viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Mm. Yes, the answer to that is yes. It will it will kill them, and um, it, it it depends on how bad the infection is or the disease or the malady is. It will it could take, you know, it could take up to three weeks to get rid of a uh, as I said before, an MRSA, like a yes. staphylococcus streptococcus. Okay. Then whilst you're making colloidal silver, Frank, do you stir the water? Do you have it stirring while it's being made? No, I can't do that unfortunately. Okay, um, uh, but um, I do I, I do stop it I do stop it and stir it and start it again. Okay, so there is yeah. movement. Yeah, I know the movement is better, uh, and uh, I will adapt the uh, the spooky two method. Uh, I'll I'll marry the two together and see how that goes. Right. I'll be I'll be able to stir the uh, the liquid. Uh, as I'm making it in my system as well by putting it on top of the Spooky 2 system. Right. Okay. Uh, just, just as Now, that another question has come in. Um, is there an advantage to choose coil uh, colloidal silver over Lugols to compact bacteria diseases? Now, Lugols is the uh, commercially available. Um, uh, I think that's an iodine solution. Was there a silver solution as well? Lugol. Yes. This isn't it a brand name for um, iodine? Yes. Lugol's iodine. Oh, okay. Question, can you mix it? Is that it? Um, he's asking, really, I guess, is it good, would it be good to combine the two? To combine the two, yes. Okay. There's no harm in doing that at all. So we're not talking about adding it into the water, but we're talking about after the colloidal silver has been made, to then take some of the Lugol yes. solution. Okay. Okay, great. Um, well, in, in manufacture of silver, the water must be analysis-free. Yes, yes. The silver to dissipate into the water. Yes. And I guess you warm up the water at the beginning to speed up the start of the process. Is that right? Exactly, yes. Okay. Yes, that's, yeah. And I, and I add five parts per million of uh, aluminum-free bicarbonate of soda. Okay, so it's bicarbonate of soda. 
Yeah. Okay. That's, um, that, that was the method I was taught by Dr. Bruce Marks. Okay. Back in the, well, that was a long time ago. I can't <laughs> There's a few comments <laughs> coming through. Hans Lenz um, is very active on this, in this um, uh, session. He's giving feedback when he's using the Spooky Tree system, the stirrer and the rods from us. And he makes, yes. a, he makes a whole liter at a time, which is uh, a good size, or last you know quite well. Uh, yes. And he, he takes it to 25 ppm. If you have a liter of uh, solver, and you're, now one ounce, I'm from a metric country, so is, is one ounce one teaspoon? Is that one ounce? One ounce is approximately 30 milliliters. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Um, it would be two dessert spoons or six teaspoons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so um, it's going to last a long time. Um, the, the brew that Hans has made. What other uses do, are there for colloidal silver? You've talked about taking them internally. What else can you do yeah. with colloidal silver? Well, topically, um, well, uh, a little trick I use. Uh, have you ever heard of DMSO, dimethylsulfoxide? It's a yes, substance. Mm. Yes, substance that comes from uh, timber when they pulp it to make paper. Um, it's it's a very good uh, carrier, um, and it takes the colloidal silver through the skin fairly quickly. Um, that's for people who, for some reason, can't uh, ingest it. But there are uh, like ear aches, middle ear infections. You can put a few drops into the ear. Uh, you can put it into your eyes. Uh, for mouth ulcers, you gargle with it. Um, put it in your hair for uh, spray it morning and evening in your hair for uh, dandruff and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Can, yeah. it be, can it be used for cleaning surfaces or cleaning bacteria? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, it can, um, but there are there yes there are easier substances to use. You can use uh, uh, apple cider vinegar to do the same thing. It's uh, less expensive than colloidal silver. But yes, colloidal silver will clean surfaces. Yes. Okay. Um, sometimes when you're making colloidal silver, you might forget that you've got the colloidal silver on, and so you might leave it running over time. Um, if you've got a brew of chlorophyll silver which has become cloudy on the bottom or discoloured, can that can it still be used for anything? Absolutely, you can feed it if if you're afraid to take it, or if it's gone if it's gone too cloudy, you can always use it to feed your plants, to spray on your plants, and uh, to spray on surfaces to to uh, kill all bacteria, germs, that sort of thing. But it's so, so even even mistakes aren't a waste. Then you can always use it for something. That's true. Yes, there are no mistakes in the silver. No mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now um, I've got quite a few questions to go through, so we'll touch on these just um, briefly. Yes. Um, um, this person is asking the question: um, Their colloidal silver is clear. Is that normal? Clear is, yes, it is normal, but it's also normal to have a, an amber to a gold-colored hue in it. Uh, the colloidal silver that I make has a slight uh, golden to 
Amber Hugh. Yes. Um, it's it's. I read it's a very good silver when it comes out that color. But yes, uh, the colloidal silvers that you buy in the chemist shops, they're always clear, and uh, the Spooky Two method is clear. Okay. So it's That's much more much. Normal, yes. Um, can you explain the difference between using distilled water, which you've said that you do, and using filtered yes. water? Well, filtered water, um, the question probably means uh, reverse osmosis, um, which is, uh, it'll still read uh, zero, zero on the uh, TDS meter, but uh, okay. you will find that. Uh, uh, in the method that I use, uh, the silver electrodes will go black very quickly. So they're they're it's not pure. So for best results, so you're saying for yeah. best results we use distilled water only. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and if you if you've got a um, a pair of silver rods which you've got immersed in the uh, in the water, how long would you expect? Yes. It, how many batches would you expect it to last for? How many batches? Yes. How long would your silver, oh, no, silver rods? Oh, oh, that's an easy one. Um, they'll wear away, and um, when they get too thin, they'll just fall to pieces. <laughs> okay. I had, them, I had them so thin that uh, I yeah, you have to increase the time uh, that they spend in the water. Um, it just gets too long then. And uh, yeah. oh, keep the, keep the silver, and you can always scrap it back to the jeweler afterwards. <laughs> Wonderful. So nothing's ever wasted then. It either goes inside you or, or goes back into your pocket. <laughs> yes. So the, the silver rods will become thinnest. Uh, close to the surface area. Okay. Um, is, do you need to um, drink colloidal silver on an empty stomach? Do, do you need to? Yeah, it gets, into, it gets into your system quicker if you do it on, if you take it on an empty stomach. Okay. But colloidal can be used to, if you're making, um, like here in Ireland, we make lots of stews and whatnot. If you just, Put half an ounce into the stew. Uh, it'll last longer if you're going to keep it for a few days. Okay, so you can add it to a, a hot. Food. Yes, you can. Yes. Great. Yes, it, it acts as a preservative. Does it have any taste, Frank? Does it change the taste of any of the foods? Well, there is a slight metallic taste from it, and uh, I have noted the. Some of my customers, um, if they're smokers and they take it, it yes. seems to, it seems to, uh, especially if they're just after a cigarette and they take a, put a drop into their mouth, uh, they seem to get a horrible taste. But that, that only happens if you're a smoker. And what's the best way to store it? If you're like our friend that we were talking, who, was, um, who asked the question earlier. Um, he's, yeah. making, he's making one litre, so it'll be hard to finish that in a week. So how, what is the best way that he could use to you know, store this large volume well, of silver? I use dark amber bottles, and I just store them in a cool place. It doesn't have to be stored in the fridge. 
just a, a dark, cool place. Okay. And uh, the shelf life is two years plus. But, uh, but uh, I, I have done experiments, and I've, uh, I still have a bottle that's about nine or ten years old, and I take it out every now and then and take a sip out of it, and it tastes just fine. There you go. Um, this question um, we have in, uh, what is the highest strength colloidal silver to get uh, to sort a gut bacteria problem out? I guess they've got a, a, um, a, a stomach problem and they're wanting to kill the um, bacteria that is um, in their stomach. Well, the strongest gut bacteria I've come across is the one that creates the ulcers, the uh, Heligobacter pylori. Mm. And uh, approximately one month taking okay. silver will eliminate the, the Heligobacter. And what strength silver can you safely consume? Well, again, uh, the silver that I make is 10 to 12 parts per million. Yes. And that's the, I, I've never made it any stronger. Okay. Uh, though I do know uh, you can chemically make it up to 300 parts per million quite easily. Uh, but I've never used that. And as I said, I've used it for um, stomach ulcers. And it worked within a month. That's very impressive. The um, a user has asked, would colloidal silver work on flesh-eating bacteria? Flesh-eating bacteria. It sounds yes. so horrible. I, I, think it, I think it will. Um, I had a, a flesh-eating bacteria myself. It's not gone yet. Uh, and I've been treating it with uh, colloidal silver. Um, but it is diminishing. Good, good. Now, as well as that, uh, sorry, just while I think of it, John, um, people who have like foot foot diseases, like um, athlete's foot or uh, toenail fungus or whatever, mm. you can soak you can soak your feet and your toenails, dip your toenails into it. Um, it takes a while, but it will get rid of it. But for athlete's foot and things like that. You can, after you've washed your socks, you can dip them in the solution uh, and then let them drip dry and wear the socks. They're, um, they're, they're nice and clean and uh, it's like you're wearing disinfectant socks. Well, some silver will keep on the socks, keep in the... Oh, so yes, it'll, yes it'll, dry, it'll dry into the material in the socks, yes. What a wonderful idea. Yeah. Um, I'm just going through the questions now, some more questions. In fact, there's one very long one. In fact, there's a story, then a question at the end. Um, and this, um, this user, um, well, this viewer, sorry, um, Dennis um, Cruson is asking is, um, um, the treatment of colloidal silver with hydrogen peroxide. Have you ever combined hydrogen peroxide in part of your treatment with colloidal silver? Yes, I have. Uh, I've used 12% um, uh, and I put uh, five drops into 100 mils of colloidal silver and it, it does increase the power of the colloidal silver. Okay. It, it does a wonderful job on it. Um, 
just going through the questions more. Um, this um, person has asked the question that they suffer from facial paralysis and vertigo uh, since an operation extraction of a tumour on the acoustic nerve. And um, it sounds like they've got some uh, nerve damage. And uh, she is asking, can Colorado solve her help in that instance? I don't think so, because it's, um, it's tissue damage. Uh, there's no um, pathogen, virus, fungi, or bacteria involved. Well, then I don't think it, uh, the silver would help. Yes. Not that, uh, something must be able to help. Okay. And I, I, I don't want to suggest anything in case I'm wrong. No. I'm not qualified to suggest things like that. We get a lot of people that um, ask questions which are more medically orientated and it is true what Frank says, how we, we can't give advice on medical conditions. It's really, you know, we're not more qualified doctors. You've got to go to um, qualified medical personnel to get that sort of advice. What we can talk about is our own personal experiences. And um, my personal experience with Silver is such that it, it hasn't been able to regenerate. And so if you've got a nerve problem that was caused through an operation which sounds like a nerve has been damaged, has been cut or cauterized, um, Corolla Silver won't help. That sounds quite fascinating. Now, I wanted to ask at the very beginning to tell us um, more about your, this thing about you falling asleep in the depths of the ocean in a diving suit. Um, uh, yes. I was... Uh, I Working, I was working on an oil installation uh, where these big um, oil tankers uh, they they come into the bay. They can't their their draft, meaning the amount of water it takes to float the ship is is uh, the ship is too deep to come in close to the wharf. Uh, so they they build pipelines out into the middle of the the bay where they lift what they call a spare boy and they hook up these pipes to the ship and pump it in under the sea and under the ground into the oil refinery. Well, uh, I, was, um, I was doing a job one day where I had to replace uh, what they call a butterfly valve. And uh, unfortunately, the crane broke down. And I was, um, I was just there. I had to wait until a new crane had come. And, uh, it, took some, it took some time. Uh, before the new crane came and they had to wake me up when it came back. I, I literally fell asleep. Wow. It's, it's happened to me on a few occasions. I was that relaxed. You're one in a million. You're one in a million. <laughs> uh, um, I was just, back to, back to colloidal sulfur. Um, can you share any success stories with us, Frank? Um, stories yes. Yes, many ear infections, middle ear infections, just dropping colloidal silver into the ears. Um, uh, tonsillitis in children. Um, it's just a matter of taking a few teaspoons, uh, three, four days, teaspoon morning, teaspoon evening. That's five mil. 
uh, morning, five mil evening, and in three or four days the uh, the condition seems to disappear, whether it's a bacterial or a viral one. Uh, the um, the way the way I've learned to um, recognize which one it is, if it's a bacterial infection in the tonsils, uh, you'll usually get little white spots at the back of the throat. That's, and, that's good to know. Yeah. But again, uh, you know, it's, it's, you can't say too much about that. Uh, acne, uh, you can spray it on the, the skin. Um, that seems to clean it up. Uh, uh, asthma, it's very good for asthma. asthma. Uh, you can nebulize it if you wish, or, or just take it orally, or um, just spray and breathe. Um, athlete's foot uh, burns and cuts. Just put it on a burn. Um, usually within minutes the pain goes. And uh, it doesn't leave any scarring if it's a bad one, if it's a bad burn. Um, cuts, it's a wonderful antiseptic. Um, yeast, candida, take it for candida. Uh, cold sores, herpes, uh, mouth ulcers, gargle, uh, pull with it, you know, squish it through your mouth. Um, and you can either spit it out or swallow it, it's up to yourself. Uh, as I said before, dandruff, uh, just spray it into your scalp morning and evening and that will, the, the two or three days, your, uh, it'll be gone. Eczema, uh, oh, as well as that, you can uh, drop it into the eyes as well. Now, you will notice uh, a kind of a sandy irritation for two or three blinks. But uh, it's all over and done with, and you can get rid of styes and eye infections. Um, colds and flus, brilliant for colds and flus. Uh, the same again, just take a dessert spoon when you start off and then follow it up with a teaspoon morning, teaspoon evening, until the condition has disappeared. Uh, fungus infections on the feet. Um, um, I've read where it's good for, and it has worked when I've given it to some people for inflammation of the joints, you know, where you get sore joints, inflammation, it, it seems to work. It's great for bone regeneration. Uh, gee, I can't tell you. Um, yes, insect bites. Uh, doesn't happen too much in this country, but in uh, Australia and New Zealand, I'm sure you get bitten by quite a few. Um, I've had uh, farmer friends put it on, on on their milking cows for mastitis. I'm sure it would work for humans as well. Um, laryngitis, just inhale it. Um, for babies, it's good to use a nappy rash. You know, any kind of rash on babies, just rub it onto the skin. Um, it makes sure that the rash is cleaned and uh, everything should go back to normal then. Um, if you have a sore throat, just gargle it and swallow it. Um, it's also good for sunburn. Doesn't happen too often in this country either. Uh, but yes, if you're, if you're badly sunburnt, you can, you can uh, rub it on. Um, it's good for cleaning your mouth. It's a, it's a, it's a very good mouthwash. Um, 
it helps get rid of uh, it'll keep you it'll keep your teeth um, tooth decay free uh, or if you have an abscess uh, you could drink colloidal silver and I've had uh, quite some success with that one as well uh, gee I can't think of any more well that's because uh, you've said everything you've, you've stated all the things I could th possibly think of of what you could or problems that yeah. you have you've, you've, you've answered them so it's yeah. like it's um it any lesions on the skin cuts or burns or rashes whatever use it on on everything mm -hmm. It'll never do you any harm. And as I said earlier, there's only one serious side effect to using colloidal silver, and that's called good health. It's a serious side effect for sure. Is there, yeah. Have you ha ever had any experience with uh, colloidal gold? Have you ever tried making I, it? Yes, uh, I have. But I, I, I've never made it myself, but I have bought it and used it. And it is very good, yes. Yes, but I, um, I've uh, I've bought some. You've heard of uh, monoatomic gold. Yes, I have. In the form of Ormus. Um, mm. I bought some of that. That's that's brilliant. I really like that. I'd like to uh, I'd like to be taught and learn how to make the uh, the Ormus. I know how to make the Ormus, but the the monoatomic elements I haven't gone into them yet. Okay. Okay. Well, it's confession time now, Frank. Now tell me, you've been using colloidal silver for a long time. Have you had the need to use antibiotics during this time? I have. The truth is, I have never, ever used an antibiotic in my life. Never. Wow. Never. But I did have a... Uh, I, was, I was involved in a little accident and uh, they injected me with antibiotics when I went into hospital. That, that was the only time ever. So any time that you feel the need, you take a lot of silver? Yes. Yes, indeed. I always have it on hand. Always. Do you, do you take a, a maintenance dose each day? Uh, no, not really. No, I don't. Uh, only if I feel something coming on. I'll, I'll take it then. But you see, I did suffer from argyria, and uh, I'm very aware of that now. But I, I do know that the, the particle size will not cause argyria, and the, the modern ways of making it now, it won't happen. Right. So they're all... Um... It's, not, it's not just from me. I, I, I read about it every time I come across an article. I'll, I'll read about it, and they assure me that... Um, no, that won't occur now because the particle size is much smaller than the particle size they give me the argyria in the first place. Well, that's the only negative report that I've heard from the establishment for chlorosilver, but you, yeah. but yet there's reports, weekly reports of people dying from overdoses from Panadol, paracetamol. Yes, and they're relying on something like two or three different reports. Of people who've had their skin turn grey, so it doesn't take a genius to really work out that chlorosilver is real safe if they've got to keep on using the same cases as examples of turning grey. And, yeah. and it's for people taking wildly massive amounts of of chlorosilver and the wrong particle size, it wasn't made correctly. 
it might as well have been filed, sanded into small, small yes. documents. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, no, there's, uh, I've been taking it now for oh, 35 or 36 years, and uh, they, that is the only side effect I've experienced because of the particle size being too big, too large. Now we have unfortunately run out of time. We always seem to do this, but our guests that we have on our shows are, are so interesting, and you're no exception. Um, now I did part, um, make a, a personal note how you've got a very sharp memory of when you're ticking off all the ailments that colloidal silver can address, and things that your knowledge of the past came instantly back to you. Um, could that be perhaps due to you regularly taking? colloidal silver, or is it some other um, thing that's sort of helping your memory retention? I don't, I don't really know. It's just that I have a passion for it, and uh, I seem to retain that kind of information because of that passion. I said that's the simple answer to it. The, the uh, best teacher I've ever had told me, um, you don't learn something, you live it, and then you've got it. <laughs> If you just yes. learn something by rote and you memorize things, you're going to lose it in a few years' time. But if you live it, if it becomes part of you. Yeah. I agree with that, yes. It sticks. Yes. Well, well you've, been, you've been wonderful to have on the show. Wonderful. Well, thank, you, thank you. Thank you for giving your time to us. Um, you know, again, again, we've all learned a lot from, you know, from our guest, you. And... Um, you know, for our viewers and people watching the video afterwards, um, feel free to contact either ourselves, we're sama at spooky2-ball.com, or contact Frank directly if you have a question to ask pertaining to the colloidal silver. Um, Frank's had 30 years' experience making colloidal silver. He's passionate about making colloidal silver, and he's passionate about improving people's lives. So you can email Frank directly. <laughs> Frank, I haven't got your email here. Um, FrankCary1 at gmail.com. Okay, wonderful. Um, and uh, Frank just, said, just before you go, there is, uh, if, uh, if anybody has a deeper interest to know more about colloidal silver, there is a booklet you can download online. It's called The Colloidal Silver Report by Zoe Adams, Z-O-E. Zoe Adams, right? It's it's a, it's a, it's a free download, and uh, there's a lot of wonderful information in there about colloidal silver, and the, there's a lot of scientific tests and references to those tests. Wonderful, all good to know. Thank you very much for your time, Frank. And um, Frank's got a helper in the background, Paul, who's been helping with the technical side. So thank you, Paul. Um, this is. Um, I'm speaking to Team Ireland, and um, yeah, thank you, thank you very much for coming on the show, and thank you viewers for watching this. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye bye.